What's up, everyone? I am Jordan John Louis, host of the J. Joe Sports Talk Show. Um, like you know, I have my co-host, my my, my right hand man, uh, Kyle Edwards. Man, what's going on? What's going hey, on, man? man, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Good, man. Just watching these playoffs, um, crazy playoff uh, wild card day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're we're in for a roller coaster ride tomorrow as well. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, we'll dive into that later. But uh, it, it's been a crazy, you know, uh, weeks weeks of sports. Got NFL games to talk about. Have some MLB um, to talk about. Some NBA. Some early preseason talk. Um, you know. Um, so let's just dive into it, man. So uh, I know on Tuesday on um, Sports Empire on the Victory Podcast, we go to, we went over um, like the week four matchups and you know so um yeah like what do you think about the games uh last week man what do you uh i mean there's some you know interesting things that we did see you know we had the the london game which kicked it all off you know having football that early in the morning and i always appreciate seeing like the london crowd and how they are really like taken to the NFL game, you know, a lot of them don't really have a that they don't necessarily, I mean, they don't have a team over there or anything like that, but they do root for NFL teams. You'll see, you know, Steelers, Cowboys, you'll see Patriots jerseys. So you'll just see that all spread out. So I think it's a cool thing. Um, I know for a lot of teams, they didn't like, you know, giving up a home game to go over there, but you know, it's cool for what it is. And then everything that happened in the middle with, you know, my guy Bailey Zappi getting his first chance to play in Green Bay. You had, you know, all this stuff with Tua, which I'm sure will that's, – that's still the story that's like the dark cloud over all the games. And then then it ended up what last night with, you know, more questions about Denver. Still questions about Indianapolis, so – yeah, wide range. Yeah, so let's uh, so let's dive into um, the like the NFL games week four. So, uh, tell me what you thought about the um Thursday night game against uh, Miami and Bengals, man. Well, I mean, I went into that fully expecting the Bengals to win because I'm a big fan of you know what the Bengals have with Joe Burrow, Chase, you know, and all those other offensive weapons. And that I feel like should have been the story of Cincinnati kind of looking like the team that they were last season when they made the Super Bowl run. But of course it was all overshadowed with the Tua stuff. And now more people just looking into Miami and how they're kind of their dealings down there. But I mean, luckily they do have Teddy Bridgewater who's a capable backup, but now all the questions are about Tua's future, you know, can he play again? Should he play again? Um, all that. So it'll be interesting to see what Miami does going forward. But I do think that that was a game where Cincinnati kind of let people know that, hey, we're still here and we still can win games and we still can be a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. That's what I think happened Thursday night. So, Yeah, I mean, like I said on last, um, I think last Tuesday of the Big Three podcast, like like I told you, man, you, I think, I think Dylan was in the was in the chat, but I was like, yeah, man, one of those 
people on the staff going to get fired and um, because of the way they handled the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, if the trainers like didn't, if the trainers um, decided, yeah, let's not let's start um, Bridgewater and against the Bengals instead of starting to a. I mean, listen, that man was stumbling, like you know, against the Bills, and like you know, and I feel like his job, his job would have been saved. Um, so now that dude's fired out of a job. You say he made some bad, he he, he made some bad decisions, and he made some bad calls. Um, for you know, to his judgment, um, because Tua obviously he doesn't really have a say, and I mean, I guess he kind of does, but in a sense, like you know, he's not a doctor. The doctors take care of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, so I mean, I knew it was gonna happen. Um, I mean, either one staff member or several. Um, maybe we'll see. I'm not sure if the NFL is done investigating the the whole situation, but apparently one guy got fired out of the Miami training staff. And like I said, it was kind of fishy how like after they lost that game against the Bengals, how like usually a normal human being, if he got if he sent to the hospital, right, and he goes to the, a lot of tests. Usually they, they don't discharge until like the next night or, or like the next day at like the next morning. But obviously he got cleared and now he got to cop on the team flight back home. I get it. He, he He's a QB of the team, the star player. But like, you know, being up in the elevation, even with that head, because he, now he had a, a concussion that can affect his brain and stuff. So uh, I'm surprised that they let him on that team playing after he got discharged. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think they're gonna sit him a couple a couple games. Um, let him you know rest up, which I think is the best option. Um, and that let it ride with uh, Brissett. I mean, I, I mean not Brissett. I mean uh, Bridgewater. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean that's like like like. What do you think? Do you think that they should let him on that plane after the game? Well, I mean, I think in the perfect world, what would have happened was, you know, Tua takes the hit in Buffalo. Everybody sees him stumbling around. They pull him from that game. Bridgewater finishes that game. Then Thursday night, I feel like you sit uh, Tua because it's a short week. You let Bridgewater get the start on Thursday night. Then that gives you now 10 days after that game until your next game. Then at that point, if two is in the equation to start, fine. Because at least at that point, it's been like two weeks since we've seen him play. But once Miami led him back into the Buffalo game, that kind of threw those plans away for Thursday night, him sitting. The only thing I thought was when they said it was like a back injury or whatever, Right, right. since it was a short week, maybe they sit him and say, because of the back, they want to be precautious, which would have made sense, but they didn't do that. So, I, I mean, I do find it a little weird that, you know, he went, got checked out and was cleared to fly. But I don't know, maybe Miami was doing that. So then they could get him in their facility in Miami to continue tests. Who knows? Um, I'm sure everybody's going to be watching to see, you know, why don't they just like put him on IR? That way you give him four weeks away. If Miami plans on just sending him like a week or two, then I guess that doesn't really make sense. But I, I mean, we see other people though. Brian Hoyer had the concussion against Green Bay. New England automatically put him on IR, so now he's out for four weeks. Miami chose not to do that, so yeah, we'll have to see. 
Word. Yeah, actually, we got a, 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 um, a guest coming in. He's not, he's, a, he's a big Philadelphia uh, fan um, of the Eagles and the Flyers and everything. So he's going to come in, in a couple minutes uh, okay. to talk about some Phil- his team. Which, I mean, they're 4-0, but we'll dive into that game, actually, um, in a couple games. I'm so all right. Obviously, you know, the next game on the ESPN list is the Ravens. Um, I know you I, – I talked about my um, – I went through my heart and pain on Tuesday, and I got to talk about it again. Um, <laughs> man, why are you laughing, Kyle? Why are you laughing, man? <laughs> oh, uh, man. <laughs> not only, only because with with the Ravens, you know, their fans, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a season where they kind of go up and down with all this, only because, you know, they look great. Some weeks, then they look great for a half. Then they kind of blow leads. Then they look great. Then they look great for a half. And I I mean, I think there's probably a lot of Ravens fans that are wondering, can they put together like consecutive wire-to-wire performances where we, where, you know, Ravens fans can sit back and be like, all right, that, that, that team looks pretty good. Now you got to wonder if they go up against a high-powered offense, if they have a great first half. You gotta wonder, like, well, what point does the other team just come back and make it close again? Right. So, so like, so like, my thing, like, it was the first quarter. I mean, we, I mean, Allen, I think we kicked it off up to the Bills. So you got the ball back at half. Um, so I couldn't, I, like, I didn't watch the first couple of minutes of the game because I, I had to stream it. It wasn't local, a local <laughs> game. So, um, I missed the first couple of plays. Um, but I know Josh Allen threw a pick. Um, the first pick of the, on the first drive. And we held in the first quarter. We held them to like fifty-six points total offense um, in the first quarter. Um, it, it it reminded me of the of the Miami game in a sense. Like you know, we had kicked off to Duvernay. Duvernay had the had the kick return for to start seven zero. Yep. Um, you know, Tua had that first pick to Marcus Williams. Um, uh, we we put it up. I mean, we were at the goal line twice. The refs t- uh, took it back because I guess he didn't cross the goal line. Um, we put up touchdowns. Lamar had a 79-yard touchdown uh, run. Same thing with Bills. I mean, Bills, I mean, we were, you know, we were going hard at them early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just when we got the ball back, I mean, there's some crucial calls that I thought could have got turned back, especially that first play when I think it was like a third and two or a fourth and one. Our fourth and inches where Lamar was running it and like he had the ball and he um the ball didn't cost the cost the first down yard and they had to like turn it back. Apparently he set that about before he crossed the ball mm-hmm. for the first down mark. So and then a questionable pass pass interference called that wasn't called. Then in the second half, fourth thing, fourth quarter um call when um they called that rough and the passer call. On uh, Josh Allen, when I mean, at first it wasn't a, a call, but then when Josh Allen threw up his hands for a flag, that's when they called the called the penalty, and that that play kind of like that play kind of um like turned turned the tables for the Bills. Um, that was their that, that drive where they went down and marched down the field. Now the only problem I have, like I said on Tuesday, was just like the same problem happened last year when you know against the Steelers against the Browns, we always want to go for it and get that you know get that other than the three-point lead we want to get that touchdown lead um and the only problem i have is this hardball's decision of going for a fourth and one i get it you're going i get the thought the philosophy of going for going for it 
because you know you're going against Josh Allen, um, you know. Um, but when you have the best kicker in the league in Justin Tucker, you know what I'm saying, I would kick the field goal because think about it, we will be up 23-20 going into like the next drive. Um, yes, they could have scored a touchdown on the Bills and, and we were really we would have been down by, by four. But now it would have been 23-23 going into the going to overtime possibly. So I mean, in football, the game it inches, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Uh, also, with that, I I just didn't understand them going for it, and then the way Harbaugh explained it after didn't really make sense for going for it because Harbaugh was talking about you know they went for it because he trusted his defense in that if they didn't get it, then Buffalo would be pinned on their you know close to their own end zone, and he would trust that the defense would stop them from then getting the score to go ahead, which if you trust your defense, you would kick the field goal there. That mm-hmm. way you have the lead. And then when you kick off, you know, trust your special teams, which is basically a part of your defense to stop them deep in their end. And then the defense not allow Josh Allen to get in the field goal range. So I just didn't get it. Like if you want to go for it, fine, but then stand up and be like, yeah, maybe it was a bad call or something like that. I, I, it just didn't make sense to me what Harbaugh was talking about. Yeah. Um, actually, we have the, our guest in, um, Frankie James. Um, he talks about Philly sports. So I know he's happy about that Philly uh, comeback win. Um, yep. Let's enter the stream, man. Welcome to the stream, brother. Gentlemen, how we doing? And you know I'm excited about that Phillies win. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking about it, and I'm, I just did uh, my, my show, and I was talking about it. I'm sitting here with my dad, and I'm like, listen, in baseball, all it takes a couple guys on base, and you just don't know what can happen. Now, it's not essentially like, you know, with the NHL, you see teams get in there, and the NHL playoffs are some of the most competitive and exciting that I've ever been able to cover. But, you know, the Phillies getting in there and how they got in there, you just don't know. I mean, we have our prediction. I have them beating them tomorrow, moving on to the next round. But, yeah, the Phillies, 11 years. <laughs> yeah, so me and Kyle, uh, this is Kyle, my co-host, and then uh, Frank, this is Frankie. Let's um, go, Frankie. On. Yo, Kyle, what's happening? Yes, you see the but, um, sports things right behind us, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, so we were just talking about um, just a couple games because usually we do recap of, like, week four, and then we go, like, to week five previews for the games. Um, so we are, we just went over the, um, Thursday night game last week against the, uh, Miami and Bengals, and then we just got into the Ravens bills. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, what do you think about them games, man? The whole situation, I feel as if just for due diligence, the, 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 the talk about the Miami game, just the Miami situation right now with Tua and, you know, I, I prayers are out to him. I'm sure from all three of us that he's okay because, it's it's just seeing that he was knocked out the series beforehand and then he came back and then that was scary. And I played ice hockey for 18 years and I essentially played at a pretty high level. And when I got hurt, I was out three years and then it was due to a concussion. It's something that's so serious that that just should have never happened. The, the whole the whole franchise needs to be reevaluated. If you ask my opinion, um, take away their wins. Yeah. 
Take away I definitely that. agree with that. We had uh, uh, years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like you're not wrong. Like, you know, like especially like when you said that when that when he got hit um, against the Bengals, he, that was scary. But that even even the week before that against the Bills, like when he was kind of stumbling and not couldn't even stand up straight. Um, and I was just telling uh, Kyle that, you know, I called that like someone should have been fired from that from that training staff and someone did. I think it was, it was one person, but um yeah, like it was scary. Like seeing somebody in that position like on the flat for like seven minutes, like mm-hmm. that's scary. Um, but you know, like you said, like you know, prayers up to him. Hopefully it gets better in a couple of games. Um, but like, you know, like the that's scary with, with any level. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a shame because the Dolphins were looking pretty the Dolphins were looking good. And you know, I watch a lot of college football too. So watching Tua like in Alabama and then transitioning, a lot of people were surprised. They thought that he was going to come in and really tear it up. And essentially, it was the other way around now with Jalen Hurts. And I'm sure we'll get into that maybe uh, next game. But you know, I, there was a lot of surprise, and, and Tua was one of those guys this year, especially with the Dolphins. If this wasn't going to work, they were going to be probably on the hunt for a new franchise quarterback. Um, this was a big year for him, and it's definitely a shame. And especially because the Dolphins were playing pretty good. Now, the game beforehand that you had that you were just covered, what was that one more time? Uh, the one that before I was well, Ravens Bills. <laughs> the, the Lamar conversation is is pretty wild because you know he's proven a lot. He hasn't won the big dance, and he does struggle in the playoffs. I don't know how or why because that man might be one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever watched play. But with that being said, to say no to the say no to the contract that he had gotten is is pretty wild, especially for someone that hasn't won the big dance yet. But um, you know, it's uh it's um it's it's crazy. But the Buffalo Bills, they're they're a team that everybody believes in them, they have the talent, they just they just have to close the deal. But all around, it was a good game. Two good matchups. I mean, that's, that's just a really good matchup right there with the Bills Ravens. I mean, essentially what you think is going to be a big playoff game and, and really could have some playoff implications. Is our brother uh, – can't be able to hear me? He can't hear me? Yeah, he, he can't hear you, man. I don't, I don't know. Um, can you hear him now, Kyle? I no. just hear you. You hear me? Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, I mean, I can hear I can hear Frankie. Uh, you can you hear me now? I mean, I can uh, hear you. I don't know. That's wild. Yeah, that's weird, but I mean, I'll try to figure out what's going on on my end. But um, yeah, so we had—I mean, so I'm a Ravens fan, you know. Obviously, Frankie's a Philadelphia fan, and then we got my boy; uh, he's a New England fan, Patriots. So, yep, yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of um, diversity, I guess. Would you say <laughs> a lot of? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially because you know, the old Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, incredible. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. How I added you in the whole Super Bowl uh, when Tom Brady played against Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. So, Kyle, so you, you can only hear me, right? Not Frankie. Yeah, I can't hear Frankie. He must have knew what I was saying. That's uh, maybe, <laughs> unless if you do with you did with me and remove Frankie and bring him back on, maybe that'll work. I don't know. Are you can hear him now? Check one, two, check one, two. No. Man, that's weird. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Well, it's all good. So let, 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 let's do this. Let's, let, let, well, not, it's your show, of course. Let's just yeah. cover, cover the Eagles game real quick. And then, um, I don't, I don't want to jump into the show fully. Uh, yeah. I'll give my, from the Eagles game and a little prediction for this weekend. I'll let you guys do your show. 
All right, yes. Yeah, I don't maybe not to be what I fear that out with technical issues and stuff or anything, but um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so Kyle, so Frankie wants to talk about his Philly Eagles and then uh, from the wild last week and then give his version for this week and then he can head out because you, you can't hear him. So. so, so, so the birds last weekend, um. Man, I'll tell you that. I knew that was going to be a tough game. Great to see Doug Peterson come back. Uh, I mean, essentially, there's few players that come back to Philadelphia, and they're not going to be booed. One is going to be Doug Peterson, and the other, of course, is going to be Nick Foles. Um, I think that's pretty much you know proven. Uh, and hopefully, we get to see Nick come back eventually at some point. They look good. That win last weekend to be able to come back from 14-0 and win that really, I think, solidified a lot. Jalen Hurts is having an MVP year. Um, this team's legit, and I think that was a big win. What more can I say? Huge win, huge win. You know, the defense tightened up. The offense got it going. Huge win all the way around. Um, go Birds on that one. Now, now we got this weekend. A team where you have Kyler Murray, who still is establishing himself. A lot of doubters with Kyler Murray. Was originally drafted by the MLB so we, as a pitcher. So being drafted in the NFL and in the MLB is pretty impressive. Right off the bat. Down all the way around but he just can't seem to really get it together as an NFL quarterback. I have the birds win this one, double digits. And the, the, the fly Eagles fly. They're just making their way through and, uh, and then move on to the next week. But I got the birds win this one. Absolutely. By double digits. So who the Eagles play this week, uh, Frank, Arizona Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals in, Ari- in Arizona. I had a few friends out there. See, so. see now, I mean, I would agree with you, but the one thing I would disagree with you on is like the Eagles have to watch out for Cardinals like second half. So, like you know how like the Warriors are like a third quarter team, like you know they lose in the first half, first quarter, and then in the NBA, then when they come back, third quarter, fourth quarter, they're a third quarter team, fourth quarter team. Like same thing with the Cardinals. I feel like you know if if it's a close game throughout the game, like you like we all saw the Raiders and Cardinals game when the Raiders, when the Cardinals came back. You know what I'm saying? So like the only problem is like you know, obviously they're four and the Eagles and but I just kind of see like if the Eagles kind of let them hang around, I can see in the second quarter or second half that like they can might they might not have to come back. Well, that's, that's a good point. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's a good point you make right off the bat because it's essentially you know Philadelphia is known to play teams that they should beat. They let up. They blow, they, they blow them out. They blow them out. They don't really have to worry about a close lead. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. Philadelphia has that issue, and and, and it's unfortunate because, you know, they'll beat, they'll beat the team that they don't think that they're, you're going to beat, and then they let up on guys that they should. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to see that. They have to play, you know, four quarters of football, and if they do, they will absolutely probably dominate this game. Right. Kyle, since we're on this game, uh, like like what are your opinions on it um, from, from this week? And then I guess we can – you're a back-to-back. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the Eagles, I think, you know, one thing I do like about what's going on in Philly is that uh, – actually, there's something that Gene kind of pointed out to me. I went and checked out the press conference where he talked about how Jalen Hurts was doing a press conference and they asked him, like, a bunch of questions and they didn't ask him anything about the Cardinals. But Hurts was like, um, you know – why don't you guys ask me anything about Arizona? Cause they're a good team and all that. And I think that's a good sign of him being a leader of that team. And I think because of that, you know, if you've seen Philly play, like they look like a team that's legitimate, legitimately on a mission to win the NFC East, mm-hmm. you know, Hertz has had a lot of improvements in his game. You know, Devonte Smith has really come on and has looked like 
a number one wide receiver. You still have A.J. Brown to compliment him. Uh, I like their running game with Sanders. He's been coming on as well. So I actually think the Eagles will have pretty easy time with the Cardinals. I know what you're talking about, you know, Cardinals coming back in the second half, but it's one thing to come back on a Raiders team that was winless and then trying to do that on a against a team that hasn't lost a game all season yet. So I, I definitely want to see how that plays out. And also the Eagles defense, you know, is pretty good, at least with their corners. And we know Kyler Murray likes to throw the ball up. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's going to be a good game. Think about it. Because, like, um, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously the Eagles have a better record than the Cardinals. But, I mean, both quarterbacks kind of play the same way. They're, they're kind of like short, short, short QBs, both mobile QBs. Um, I think that this, this might be their – I would say their first kind of, you know, real roadblock. I know well, J.J. Watt. Hot take. A hot take. Yeah, I mean – I mean, I thought Jacksonville is their, their biggest one yet. I think Jacksonville is more talented than Kyler's really green still, and he shows that. And I think that's he one does, of the calls is that, yeah, he's still young. He's still doing it. But um, Jalen is as well. Uh, right. The thing is with Jalen, he's improved so much, and, and Kyler still is just showing so green. And yeah. he's not maturing enough. He's not maturing quicker, quicker. Exactly. And I mean, I do, I do, I do believe that like at the end of the day, the Eagles will win because they had the better receiving corpse. Um, but, but I mean, I'm just worried about, you know, the Eagles when it comes down to like to the second, like second half, you know, cause like, like, like you said, your team is used to like blowing people out and then, and then they're not used to going back and forth and back and forth in the game. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes down to like the, like the hard knocks of the, of the game, when it comes to the second half, Kyler, you know, Many people didn't expect them to come back against the Raiders, like because I think it was their first game of the season, I think, or when they still had Adams, which I mean they're not even joining together on the same page. No. But at the time, at the time on Stop paper, like, you know, no one expected the color and then because they were like down like what zero twenty or fifteen or fourteen zero in the in the in the first half, and then the color just came back and marched down the field and just like scored. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I do agree. Overall, Eagles are going to win. Um, but just, I just want to, you know, I'm cautious about, like, you know, how close they're going to be with how Cardinals in the second half, how good they are. It's pretty well said. And they are, and you kind of brought up a good point about, and like, the, they are very similar. Um, you know, I, I agree 100%. And uh, with that being said, I appreciate you guys letting me come on and talk a little Eagles football. When the Eagles win the big game, dinner's on me, babe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frankie. Well, thank you for joining the show, man. See, Frankie, too bad I couldn't hear you, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. weird how that happened. But yeah, that's weird. Uh, so you can hear me, right? You can hear me, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's a big Philadelphia fan, area guy. So um, he has a he like he actually has like a big following and stuff. So maybe maybe he can get our get more viewers for us. So. Yeah. I mean, hopefully um, when he when he's if he's on again, you know, I'll actually get the chance to, you know, hear him and go back and forth with him. Because I mean, I I know Philly fans they they go hard for their teams. That's, oh yeah. But I mean, that's that's like an Eastern Conference thing. Because I mean, Eastern Coast thing. Because you know, I go hard for my Boston area teams, and you know, New York's the same way. Baltimore yeah. that area. So yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I know we talked about the Eagles, but I think the next game on the on the list is the Chiefs and uh, Buccaneers game. Um, I think I had the Chiefs. I'm not sure if I had the Chiefs or Buccaneers winning. I think I had the Chiefs winning that game. Um, that was a crazy game. Um, 21, 41-31. Uh, Kansas City 
Tom Brady had uh, 385 yards on three touchdowns. Um, Mahomes had um, – I'm going to pop the stats. Mahomes had uh, 249 pass yards, uh, three touchdowns. Um, so uh, Clyde Hellers, Hilaire had 92 yards for an uh, average of 4.8 yards per carry uh, with one touchdown with 21 yards being the longest. Um, Rashad White on the Tampa Bay had six yards, six yards. So their running game was not not as good as the Chiefs. For receiving, Kelsey had 92 yards for 10 average, 10 point two, 10.2 yards uh, for 92 yards or per night. Um, longest for 22. Mike Evans had 103 yards for total average of 12.9 yards and two touchdowns. So it's kind of like you know, both receiving corps had like you know a good game, but Mahomes, you know. Is going to do Mahomes like thing? So, yeah. So, uh, it's, what do you think about that game, man? So I, I, you know, followed Brady for a while. All the all the times he was in New England and all that. So I understand with Brady, it usually takes about three to four weeks for him to really get going. And we kind of saw towards the latter part of that game, the Buccaneers' offense look like you know the high-powered offense that they could be. And I fully expect that to continue on, you know, this upcoming week when they play the Falcons, a team that Brady's never lost to. But, you know, Kansas City is – it's another team that kind of was pushed to the back with all the moves in the AFC, you know, Buffalo coming up. You know, everybody was on the Chargers. Everybody was loving Denver when they got Russell Wilson. You know, the Raiders when they got Devontae Adams. Uh, the Bengals – and all that, and Kansas City was kind of that team that was like, yeah, we know what they are, but, you know, they're just – we've seen them already. But then you took Tyreek Hill away from them, and people were really questioning what their offense would look like without him. And I feel like the Chiefs offense – because even with Tyreek Hill there, you know, they still had the big playability, but there was more to their offense than just Tyreek Hill, which is why I never understood all the questions about, you know, taking him away, what that would – due to the offense, you know, Andy Reid is a, you know, brilliant offensive mind. Pretty sure it was not going to be a problem for him to rework the offense around the other pieces they have there. I mean, I will say, but I mean, Juju Smith is not a Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill would like take, take the top off receivers. Like once he gets that, that mm-hmm. yard, after, that, that rack yard, that, that run after carry, like, or catch, yeah. like, I mean, that's a big difference. But I mean, obviously Juju is a big body receiver. Um, yeah, you a just, lot, a lot taller than Tyreek. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Like you know, um, Andy Reid's a more obvious-minded coach. Like he's really going to have any worries with Mahomes. But, um, yeah, because everyone thought, oh, even though with Tyreek's top speed in the league, like he's like you know, um, people thought, oh, like it wasn't going to work out because like Juju Smith, uh, like you know, um, yeah, but it's not like you, I mean, not like you have, can't defend Tyreek right. Hill. Most teams. Too, just put guys over the top of them and then just take away the big play. Right, right. And they still got Kelsey too, so like nothing really yeah. has changed uh, in the offense. Um, but I mean, they got the dub, uh, ten points. Um, and that's the game with the uh, the game over the uh, across the pond in London. I'm um, the first NFL game of the season in London. Um, Vikings and Saints, a twenty eight thirty five. We can like. Basically, go over these games so we can get to our previews. Yep. Um, so Browns, Falcons, uh, Falcons 123 20. 
Um, uh, the advertisements. Would you hear the advertisement thing in your plane in the background? No. Okay, good. Okay, I just want to make sure. All right. Um, so uh, Washington Commanders versus Cowboys. Cowboys beat them by 15. Um, Seahawks, Lions. Um, Seahawks put up 40, 48 against the uh, Lions. Um, brings them to one, three, and one. Or uh, one and three. Um, the Lions, uh, Titans, Colts, 24, uh, 17. Um, Chicago against the Giants. That was a crazy ending to the game. Um, Giants uh, won 2012. Um, like Frickie said, his team won against the Jaguars 29 uh, 21. Steelers lost against the Jets 2024. 20, Chargers won by 10 uh, 34 24. Uh, the, game, the game before we get to the previews, I want to go over is this Monday night game. Uh, LA Rams versus 49ers. You know, we all know that the Rams got smacked. I'm um, got actually sh- like shellacked by, by the Bills week one. Um, obviously, we all know that the Rams are coming off of the Super Bowl hangover, and everyone thought on paper, you know, they're going to be, you know, a mess. He's going to, you know, bring them to the promise end again, you know, all that, all the, mm-hmm. all the hype. Um, but after that, that terrible loss against the Bills, that kind of went down, and now he played in terrible. Uh, against the Niners, like, dude, so so many picks. I think he threw, uh, like, three picks, I think. Or, no, he threw one interception, I think. He threw, I, I'm pretty sure I saw more than one interception from Matt Stafford, but he threw for 200, 254 yards, uh, mm-hmm. one one interception. He was sacked seven seven times. Yeah. Um, had a low creep running of, of, of 71.1 or 71 point or 71 uh, for QB. Uh, rating. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had uh, 239 passing yards, one touchdown. Um, he was sacked zero times. It's just, you know, this this Super Bowl caliber team from last year is not, is not the same. Obviously, Bob Miller's on the Bills. Um, they lost a veteran, uh, I think, tackle um, Wentworth. Yeah, um, he uh, retired. He retired. Yeah. Odo Beckham was on, is on the team. He's a free agent. Um, but like you said on on the victory podcast on Tuesday, like they're not utilizing Robert Woods, or I mean, I, I mean, I mean, not Robert uh, Woods. I mean, um, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, like yep. you know, like he's a top tier receiver, like you know, and he, mm-hmm. like, I don't think he realizes, like you said, like how good of a talent he is, and um, and Ramsey and Debo were going back and forth. Um, Debo kind of you know owned him that game. Um. I mean, Ramsey likes to talk. That's one thing he will do. And I do appreciate when teams still kind of throw at him. You know, he is he is a pretty good cornerback, but that doesn't mean you can't look his way and test him every once in a while. Because every once in a while, you will get a big play on him. Uh, and then just one thing about the Rams also. I know when the Rams won everything, you know, everybody was glad to see Stafford, you know, win a Super Bowl after all those years. He's toiled in Detroit, but I just didn't get on board with everybody like elevating him to like this, you know, lock steady hall of fame quarterback because of that. You know, I fully believe that that's probably like a one year flash in the pan thing. And that's not to say they can't turn around this year and prove me wrong, but a lot of the, the habits that I've seen from the Rams so far this season, 
were a lot of the reasons why I think Stafford, you know, the, the hype on him needs to chill a little bit. You know, he takes these wild risks for no reason. You know, you know, Mahomes likes to do his, you know, no look passes and stuff. Stafford likes doing them too. But except for Stafford gets in trouble a lot when he tries to do it. Uh, against the Niners, the seven sacks, you can't put all that on the offensive line. A lot of that was him holding the ball too long. And I really think the Rams are in a little bit of trouble so so far, you know, this season because the Niners are better right now with Garoppolo only because we didn't see Trey Lance play a lot this season. The Cardinals, if they play up to their potential, they're going to be a tough out. And Seattle's shown, if you don't take them seriously, they can't upset you on certain weeks. So I don't, I don't think there's like, you know, your playoff spot just waiting for the Rams. I think they're really going to have to earn it this season. Yeah, like giving him a good point about like, you know, us not really seeing enough of Trey Lance because he got hurt. And then, um, but like most teams, like we, the, the, the Niners had to count their blessings every week of the season because most teams, when a rookie, when a rookie QB goes down with an injury, mm-hmm. um, most teams don't have a good backup. Yeah. And they're lucky that they have a security blanket and, and, and Garoppolo. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, he's, Better than um, the Stafford right at this point right now, um, but like most teams, like I mean, most teams don't, don't have a reliable a reliable backup because most backups they only get that get that field time. Um, obviously, well, Garoppolo was a starter, but obviously they thought Niners thought that he was going to be shipped away. Uh, Garoppolo, I, I think he he wanted out, and Trey Lance got in. They her. treated him like they were going to send him away. They never exactly. gave him the playbook. They had him practicing outside by himself without the other teammates. And then they decided to keep him because they couldn't find anywhere to send him because he was hurt. And, like, uh, how lucky they got. Um, now, they're you know, they mm-hmm. have – but now the problem is if he goes down, he's going to be their backup. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only issue, like, where – I mean, I, I mean, most that. teams are like that if you get down to their third string – most teams only carry two quarterbacks now anyway. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of teams will be in trouble if you get down to the third string. I mean, Miami is the same. They're lucky for Bridgewater as a backup. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a good quarterback, too. I mean, that's a good a little blanket for them um, until Tua gets back. Um, so, all right. So that's a good let's, uh, speed thing. I'm going to go to like the uh, previews for the uh, for the week five matchups real quick. We don't have to go through all the games. I know there's a lot of games. Yeah. Let's just go through our right, – well, obviously, uh, week – uh, or Thursday. Well, Thursday was the end of week four, right? No, Thursday starts. Oh, starts the week five. Yeah. Um. So obviously, you know, boring another boring primetime game. Um. Colson and Broncos. Um. I think in the, on the Big Three podcast, I had Broncos or I had Colson up in the Broncos. That's my mm-hmm. upset game. Um. I mean, I thought the Colts were gonna like you not blow them out, but at least put up more than twelve points. But they got the W. Um, Wilson uh, had two interceptions, a uh, twenty-one for thirty-nine, two seventy-four yards. Um, I mean, both games it was like zero-zero in the first quarter, second quarter. Um, it was kind of a slow game. Like anyone mm-hmm. that was you know tired could like could have fell asleep in that game. I know I did. I was one of the guys that fell asleep in that game because it was there was no action. Um, but I don't know. Russell Wilson is like you know like he. Obviously, like you said, like Seahawks can 
upset a lot of teams and they got Geno Smith and he's thriving in that system where Russell had that system. He wanted out, got to Denver on paper. Like people thought, Oh my God, the AFC West is going to be dangerous. You got Mm -hmm. Chiefs, Chargers, Denver, Las Vegas. Um, Now what? Now what? Did like two and three, I think. Uh, Two and three. Yeah. The Broncos. So, I mean, obviously, we all know that Chiefs kind of hold that AFC West position. Mm-hmm. Chargers are right up there, too. But Herbert has been out for a couple games. Uh, Raiders, that they've been losing games. All these all, all these teams are on paper that we're going on paper, like, they're just doing terrible. And I, I know it's like we're only, like, in week five, week six. It's still kind of early to, like, you mm-hmm. know, make a final pick on each conference, but – on paper, like like Adams is not going off because Derek Carr, is, Derek Carr is inconsistent with the football. He can't get it to him. Um, you know, like they have a good roster. They have Adams. They have uh, Darren Waller. They have um, Winfro. They have um, you know Alex Cobb on the defensive side. They had every Josh Jacobs. They had everyone they need. But that game was just terrible. Um, I feel like another another team should be on that primetime slot because, you know, it just was a boring game. I, I, I mean, what I, well, I understand why they put that on the Thursday slate, you know. You, it was you, Russell Wilson. Well, you're getting uh, Russell Wilson. You're getting Matt Ryan, who's a former MVP. So, you know, they're expecting to it to be like maybe high scoring because the Colts came into the season with a lot of expectations, the Broncos as well. But from watching that game, you know, there, there were a couple of things that I think stood out to me was that one, like the fans are teetering on like just mutiny against that team. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the ending there, but like five seconds left in the fourth quarter where it was clearly going to overtime. Yeah. Fans were like piling out of that stadium because they had had enough. And then you get into overtime, you know. Russell Wilson with the first possession that he gets, you know, first play screen pass. You're like, okay, offense looks pretty good. The next play he hits Judy for a big chunk of yards. And you're like, oh, so now the offense is starting to click. Cause I even think I put in the message. I was like, where has this offense been all night? All right. Then they get down the red zone and it's like Russell Wilson becomes indecisive and maybe Richard Sherman touched on something. He talked about the Super Bowl with Seattle and New England where he had the interception. It almost seems like that plays in his mind now when he's in the red zone because they actually ran a similar play on that fourth down play, and K.J. Hamler came through wide open, but Russell Wilson never looked to that side, so he never saw it. And then technically Jerry Judy was open on the out route if he looked to the right as well. Mm-hmm. But he's he you know stuck on the left side, then threw a pass that was contested by Gilmore, and, and the way he took his helmet off and he's like rubbing his head and his hair and stuff, like he looks like a guy who's just not confident right now. And I'll even give him a pass on the pass before that, where Gilmore picked it off in the end zone at the end of the fourth quarter, because technically that receiver should have ran that slant route at a sharper angle to keep Gilmore on his back. He kind of ran it too deep and Gilmore undercut it, but it was still a late throw from Russell Wilson. 
So it may just take one good drive to finally unlock whatever is going on in Russell Wilson's head. But for right now, it looks it's rough. And Tony Gonzalez said it perfectly. He was like looking out in the field right now, like that's pathetic what people are seeing from Russell Wilson. And I completely agree with him. Hey, like you like you said, like, you know, like and like like we said prior to the season, like Russell Wilson going to the Broncos, oh, it's gonna be a you know perfect se- well not a perfect season, but you know, a better season than, than what Denver has had. They had Drew Locke, they've had Joe Flacco um for maybe like a season and a half, maybe and they had a whole QB carousel. But now they now they find Russell Wilson. He, he gets that contract. I don't. To be honest, it's another hot take. I don't think he deserves that contract. Like the way he's playing right now. Like you know what I'm saying. But, but maybe it's too early to to, to say that. Yeah. But like he hasn't really proven to me like this this so far that like you know they can blow out teams. You know what I'm saying. And Stephen A. Um. I don't, like I don't want like I don't want to endorse him like on, on the show. But like our first take today, he was like. <laughs> Um, he was like, Oh, uh, he thinks Sierra is a distraction to Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm like, Yo, <laughs> I mean, in, in what way though? Like, she's she kind of just sits up in the box, she doesn't really do well. Much maybe something like, like, like behind the scenes, like you know, how Tom Brady, G- Giselle, like you know, like well, that's different because we, we're actually hearing. News about them yeah, like I, every day. I think Stephen A just said it for like a narrative. I I don't know, but it was funny, man. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah. I just think he's lacking confidence, whether it's in his ability or the offense itself, because a lot of people talked about that where Hackett came from Green Bay, and I think he's trying to install the same Green Bay offense with Russell Wilson. Maybe that's not a good pairing. So at some point, maybe Hackett modifies the offensive way to highlight the things that Russell Wilson can do well. Uh, or for all we know, maybe Russell Wilson's just done at this point. It'd be surprising, but maybe maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Thursday night game. Let's go, let's go to the primetime games first. Um, so I mean, I know the Ravens played Bengals eight, uh, primetime Sunday night. Um, I believe I had um, Ravens on my pick for that game just because, like, obviously, um, Lamar is playing his tail off this season. It's not really his fault. We're losing as our defense is holding up us up. Um, so I mean, on ESPN, they are three and a half point favorites, which you already said that, like, you know, the home team gets like what. Like three points off the bat. Yeah, you get three for being at home anyway. Three yeah. for being at home anyway. But I mean, I feel like that. I feel like um the Ravens. You know, it's a divisional opponent. They know that um at the end of the day, it, one team is going to be two and th- or three and two. One team is going to be two and three and have a full game lead in the division. Um, so I feel like obviously it's going to be a good game. Um, but look, I feel like Lamar. Um, as long as they put pressure on Burroughs and I know it's gonna be hard um in a perfect world but you know to guard um tight on uh T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Boyd and that, that's gonna be that's a tall task for our defense but I feel like that crowd um that crowd's gonna feed into that atmosphere and I feel like you know obviously the defense like obviously our defense has heard 
they're hearing, you know, people saying, oh, we can't close out games. And I feel like they're hungry. They want this win. Um, and I feel like if we if if, if Harbaugh – okay, if it's like fourth and inches, first go for the first down ball. Like, if it's like in a crucial situation, Harbaugh, please do not go for it. Just kick the field goal, man. Um, you know well, what I'm saying? I, mean, I think teams have to take the whole fourth down thing based off situations. There are several times where going for it on fourth down does make sense. Even if you have Justin Tucker as your kicker, you know, because because sometimes getting a fourth down can give you momentum Mm -hmm. and then you can kind of snowball from there. Or it's a good way to put a game away because maybe the other team's feeling a little bit better about themselves and you get a critical fourth down and that kind of takes the wind out of their sails. But I will say, I know you're talking about Baltimore blitzing Burrow and stuff like that. I think if Baltimore does that, they may be in serious trouble because Burrow is actually a pretty decent quarterback against the blitz because usually when he gets blitzed, he kind of just, he'll either just throw the ball up to Chase, who's really good at attacking the ball at its highest point, or he hits guys like Higgins and Boyd on like quick slants and they're able to make a move and get yards after the catch. So... I actually think the Bengals will win this game, even though it's in Baltimore, because Burrow is also one of those quarterbacks that's going to relish in Baltimore fans, like booing him and all that. He's going to take it. He's going to love it. And he's going to want to, you know, silence the Ravens crowd. And then I guess the last thing would be the Lamar thing. Lamar, yeah, he's played well. But one thing I can say that I can be critical about is, you know, for top money quarterbacks in the league, if your defense is leaking points, you know, drive after drive, then I think quarterbacks have to take it upon themselves to put in, you know, one quality drive that gets the team some points on the board, which at least gives the defense, you know, a reason to maybe uh, breathe a little bit and get back into it. So, like, when Miami went 21 nothing in, like, the fourth quarter, that means there was a couple of drives in there where Lamar could have drove, could have drove them down the field, at least get a field goal or something, try to slow down the momentum. So that would be my criticism of Lamar. You know, numbers-wise, yes, he's having a great season. But I think looking deeper into it, there are there's some room for improvement there for sure. I mean, I feel like if we I, – I, I'm not sure how many targets Mark Andrews I um had gotten get the Bills, but I feel like if Lamar and Cooper is uh, he for some Andrews, reason he wasn't a big part of the Bills of, of yeah uh, like, of the in the Bills game. I think only had like three targets or something like that. Targets. So like if like Lamar gets him into rhythm, I mean I, I think Bateman um is out with a foot injury, um so I think they got Duvernay, Prochet. I think um Demarcus Robinson's playing. Uh, no, Dobbins is is, is playing. Uh, he's a full go, and then um, but I, I mean, I, I would say that like you know, I feel like our O line um, they're really protecting Lamar because like you know, in the draft we we got the London bomb. Um, we got the uh, Daniel um, Falalele, um, the rookie from uh, I think Minnesota. Um, so I mean, we got some big boys on that O line, and like you know, as long as you know. Lamar can stay down. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as, like, you know, Lamar can incorporate, uh, like, Mark Andrews and, you know, had a running game down and, and and gain a lead, I mean, I feel like we can hold them. But Burroughs, I mean, Burroughs torched us last season two games in a row or two games in the, in the division. So, mm-hmm. but then again, we were hurt bad. Uh, Donovan was out. Um, I know. I think we're getting Gus Edwards back this this game coming up. Our backup running back, which is a, a big help. I know Hill was. I know Justin Hill. He's out. Um. So, I, I mean, I'm going with the Ravens, man, because it's a prime time Sunday. Our first Sunday prime time game, uh, a division opponent. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and both teams want that W. So it's it's gonna be a good game. But I feel like Lamar, he's better. He he's he's a better QB right now. Um, right now, because like you know, he's first thing you know, tough depth pass touchdowns. I think I think he's still first or second in like QBR rating, and he's like fourth or first in the uh, rushing touchdowns. So, um, yeah, since they're home, I, I I feel like they're gonna have the upper hand in that game. I mean, I I fully understand you picking them. I mean, I'm still sticking to the Bengals because and also. If Harbaugh and the defense really thinks like they could, you know, put Marlon Humphrey on Jamar Chase and leave him out there one on one and think they'll be fine with that, I guarantee you Chase will eat Marlon Humphrey for dinner. Because, like I said, Chase, he's got speed, he's got the, you know, high catch radius and all that. So if, if Baltimore wants to be cocky defensively, that will be their downfall. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean that, that's a problem. Like, w- w- I feel like w- with the Eagles, like when they get up big, they don't let they don't let off. I feel like we when we have big leagues, we kind of like are too cocky. Like, oh, we have the, like a twenty five point lead. Let's you know, like on defense. No, you have to go full auto. Like you know, what I'm saying, and I feel that, like I feel like we got kind of lock- a, that's kind of a thing with that division because Pittsburgh is the same way. Pittsburgh isn't one to blow out teams either. Cincinnati, only because they're kind of new school, they're okay with blowing out teams. Even Well, Cleveland is more like ground and pound, so they don't really have the ability to blow out a lot of teams. But, yeah, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they, for some reason, like playing conservative with the lead. Yeah, I think you and Dylan called it before. I think everyone called it before the start of the season um, about, team, about the Steelers, like how, like, you know, Mr. Bisky wasn't it. Um, yeah. I think Kyle Pickett is going to make his first uh, start next, this week. Um, but they're playing the Bills. And uh, that's like throwing to the Wolves. Because, like, they, I mean, they, you might as well do it. Cause... You might as well do it, but like, they're probably going to get beat. And which is happy for me because they're, they're in the division. Well, um, I mean, you could say. New England throwing Zappy to Green Bay, throwing him to the Wolves, and look how he responded. Kenny Pickett could do the same thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that 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 that, that is very very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, you know, like, I feel like I mean, obviously, me as a Ravens fan, we want to win games. But as long as if let's say if we lose a game and like Steelers lose and like Browns mm-hmm. lose and Bengals lose, that's good for us. That means we're. But obviously. We we want to put more W's and L's on on the record, but um, but I think right now I think me and our 
we're the Bengals. We're like one and two. I think we're one and then they're two. The Bengals yeah, are like I think so. Yep. We're both two and two. Um, so you had the biggest one in there. Um, let's just browse through. Uh, uh, let's go to the Monday night, Monday night game. Uh, Raiders Chiefs. I think I believe I had the Chiefs because they're at Arrowhead. I think I think we all had Chiefs winning that game. Mm-hmm. Just because you know they're home and like you know the Raiders have been kind of like subpar in some homes. Um, in their in that like Arrowhead is probably one of the toughest places to play at. That crowd. It's a prime time game, Monday night game. Yeah. It's the Raiders. That's a rivalry. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess we both had that have a game. Uh, so, um, okay, let's uh, let's do our locks and our upsets, and we'll get into some NBA talk. All right. Um, let me see who do I have for a lock. Oh, I think I wrote it up here. I think I had the Bills, and I think I had the Bills for my lock. I think. I, yeah, I think I, think I, I remember that. I think I had two locks. I think I had Niners. Versus Panthers and I, but then I had I chose the Steelers. I think no, I think I, I think Dylan chose the Bills and then I chose the, the Niners. So yeah, I had the Niners from my upset or from my lock. Yeah, so I remember my upset was uh, Cowboys over the Rams, which I fully believe that could happen only because I think the Cowboys defense with Parsons and those guys might be able to get to Matthew Stafford and continue their struggles. Then my lock was Jaguars over the Texans because I think the Jaguars could win the AFC South. And if they want to be serious about it, a team like the Texans, it's a team that they have to beat, even though they've had some struggles against the Texans the past couple of years. But the Jaguars are a better team this season, and I think that should be a a shoe-in win for them. Yeah, well, my upset was the Colson Broncos, so that was my upset. Um, And my lock – I think yeah, I had the Niners versus Panthers just because the McCaffrey's always banged up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they don't really have a receiving corps. I think the Niners has the better cor- receiving corps with Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Um, so says, uh, 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 they, they had a better uh, they had a better uh, roster. Um, uh, any other games I know big games? I know the second game in London is the Giants and Packers. That's, that's going to be a good one. Well, um, I mean, Daniel Jones is hobbled. Uh, I think receiver-wise, the Giants are limited because they have some injuries there as well. So it's probably a game where they're going to try to feature Saquon Barkley a lot. But Green Bay's defense is pretty good, so they'll probably just key, on, key in on him. I think that game might get ugly. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I feel like I, ha- I had the Packers uh, winning that game, um, but Barkley he's going off, man. And um, I mean, I mean, obviously he's not the quarterback. Obviously right. he's the running back, but um, he's been shortening that a lot, a lot, a lot of that load um, for running that corp. So, I well, mean, a lot of that was when Daniel Jones was healthy, and Daniel Jones factors into the running game as well. So, right, Who, uh, who's their backup? The Giants. I don't like. Do they have a quarterback? They do, but I think he may even be hurt too. So that's kind of forcing Daniel Jones possibly to play because I think Jones has a bad ankle. So he's probably not going to be scrambling a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. All right. So I guess that does it for the um, NFL talk. Now, this is what I want to get into. Okay. The NBA. Um, 
So, so I'm not sure if you looked at the um, – so last week the um, the NBA GMs um, posted their surveys for the upcoming season, like the predictions. Yeah, I quickly glanced at it, but I can pull it real quick. I mean, yeah. those GM surveys, some of them be wild. Yeah, I mean, if you want to like uh, – if you if you just go on – if you look on Google or NBA app or, or uh, NBA GM 2022, I think, survey, mm-hmm. you, 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 you can just follow along with me. Um so, I mean, we're not going to go through all of them because there's like a lot of them. Yeah. But the ones that, that stand out to me, so was the first one, obviously, um, which team will win the 2023 NBA Finals? Um, mm-hmm. So, number one, they had the Milwaukee Bucks at 43%. At number two, they had the Golden State Warriors at 25%. They had the Clippers at number three, which I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but 21%. I can see why. Uh-huh. Boston, um, at your team at at eleven percent last year. Brooklyn Nets were the leader, um, to win the finals at seventy two percent. So, like, uh, like, what do you think about that list? Um, I honestly don't have a problem with it. I mean, I probably wouldn't put the Clippers number three, but I get yeah, why they did. Uh, because you know they're expecting, uh, you know, healthy season from Kawhi, PG thirteen. Everybody's in love with John Wall being there. To be honest with you, I haven't seen John Wall play in like six years. So I don't know what he's going to look like. But if he is healthy, you know, him playing with Kawhi and Paul George will do a lot for him. It'll be the first time where, you know, he's not the number one guy on the team. He will he can kind of slide in as a, you know, number two, even a number three behind those guys. So maybe that takes a lot of pressure off of him, helps him uh, be healthy all season. Uh, Celtics number four, you know, I do agree. I mean, I know a lot of people put a lot of stock into the off season, but I just think that team is tough enough to look past that because they have guys like Marcus Smart, who, you know, is a legit leader and will make sure that their focus is there. Jalen Brown's becoming more of a leader. So I think they'll have a bunker mentality and come out and play well. But, so, I mean, I, I'm okay with the teams on the list. I, I might take the Clippers off for uh, – Yeah, who would you put in that, in that that's, spot? I mean, that's the tough part. Like, who would I replace them with? Because you could look at Miami or because, like, they've been there. Right. And, and they kind of get dis- disrespected a lot. Denver is an interesting team if Jamal Murray can play the whole season. You already have Jokic. And if Michael Porter can ever figure out his back and all that, they could be a dangerous team in the West. I'm surprised they didn't put the uh, like the Nets in there uh, because, I mean, depending on if – I mean, I know Ben Simmons played a couple games in the preseason. Like, he's probably looking pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. doing well in the paint, Um, you know, Except for that turnaround he tried. Yeah. I saw I oh, saw that video and he that was bricked terrible. That. Oh yeah. But I mean, I like I'm not I, like I'm surprised that they, they were on that list because like the way that pending if like Ben Simmons plays and Kyrie can get his shit together, because apparently he didn't play preseason last game because of some personal issues. Um, that's I already starting <laughs> That's always a thing with him. I always start Always starting the year off wrong, uh, Kyrie. I was, I mean, obviously we're all human. We have personal issues to take care of, but yeah. I get that. But I, I mean, mean, it's fine that he does it in the preseason. That's okay. 
I bet if this was like a media survey, they'd probably put the Nets up there. I think GMs are in a oh GM waiting. Yeah, I, I think the GMs are like wait and see with Brooklyn and see if it's really going to work this season. Right, right. Um, so the next one, um, the survey was um, who would win the 2022-2023 MVP. Um, they got they have Luka uh, Doncic um, at forty eight percent odds to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Two, they have a two time MVP. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, at 34%. That's crazy. That, that, that's his number. Jerry's number. <laughs> Joel Embiid, um, I mean, yeah, Joel Embiid, uh, 14%. Um, Stephen Curry, I'm surprised at 3%. Uh, last year, they had Kevin Durant winning it, um, 30%, 37%. Um, I mean, <laughs> I know I'm trying to keep my bias. I, I, I feel like LeBron should be in, on that list too, just because obviously, I mean, he the man averages like thirty something points per per game. I mean, he's I mean he should be in the list every freaking year. Um, Only problem is how many wins are going to come with that? Because he averaged thirty last season and they didn't win a lot either. I mean, they were hurt, but I mean, now they have AD, a healthy AD. I mean, I'm surprised they weren't. He wasn't up there. He's healthy every year this time, and then the season <laughs> starts. Something uh, happens. Yeah, they're banking a lot on Westbrook being a legit three point specialist. I saw the uh, preseason game against Phoenix. He hit like his first two threes. The ones after that were kind of bricks. So, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty. Well, I, I talking about eighty or LeBron. Um, no Westbrook because they want to make oh, Westbrook, Westbrook a, a three oh, yeah. point shooter. All the time. Did the air butter free throw too? I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to limit what he can do, only because they don't want to, I guess, have the conversation of him playing on the court without LeBron. That's where you'll get the best Westbrook, but they don't want to do that. And right, Patrick Beverly. That dude's going to fall out of like 40 games this season because he he takes like every game personally. And the minute you say I mean, something to him, he starts hacking at you. And that's all this just, stuff. I mean, that's the two. I mean, that's, I mean, Draymond Green is the same way, man. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel but, like uh, they're the same. They're the same. And uh, I think he freaking punched the hell out of Jordan Poole in practice. Like, you see that? That's practice. That <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, I feel like Beverly and like and and Green are like the same way when it comes up to like attitude, uh, because obviously they both get like ejected from games, um, they both get you know, I mean, and, and that's a good thing when a player is like so like you know passionate like Draymond Green, like, but Beverly, I mean, it's not good when you get ejected from the game, but like having that fire mentality, like you know, what I'm saying, yeah, but what, I, there's other guys that play like that. But they don't be getting in foul trouble as often as Beverly does. Because yeah. Beverly, especially against certain matchups, you will see. He'll get like three fouls in the first quarter. He'll go off to the sideline. You won't see him for a while. He'll come back in. He'll get another couple of cheap fouls. Yeah. So it's something that he's going to have to control because they're expecting a lot out of him. Because yeah. the Lakers aren't necessarily deep either. Once you get past... The starting five, maybe Austin Reeves. After that, I mean, you know, I, Thomas Kendrick, Bryant. Well, I heard Kendrick Nunn is playing good in the preseason. He's pretty, he's pretty good. Uh, but he hasn't really played all, 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 all last year. But he's he's been like I think at like 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 twenty five in the preseason game last game or whatever. But 
I mean, that's another point guard if they need help. Um, but you know what I'm saying? That's like the last resort. But like, do you agree with that list for the MVP race? Uh I mean, those are probably the names I would have predicted. The NBA MVP race is never hard to, you know, figure out once before the season. Luca you knew was gonna be up there because everybody loves Luca. Joel Embiid. I feel like the league wants to give Embiid an MVP at some point. It's just that when he plays well, there's always a guy who's a little bit better. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't put the Joker in there since he was like back. I was about back. to say that's probably one. He maybe Joker's probably like number five on the list. Number five. Uh, I mean Steph Curry maybe a little surprising, yeah, but he only got three percent, so I'm not too that's worried true. about that. Yeah. Um, if you were starting, but uh, also the guy Durant who they had last year. If the Nets get off to a good start, guarantee you you'll start hearing Durant as an MVP candidate. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that. Um, what are some other ones? Okay, so, um, so yeah, the next had, one's uh, interesting. If you're starting a franchise today, who would you start uh, with? Yeah, that's oh. one on here. Uh, so they had Giannis at 55 percent, Luca at 45, and that's only two. Yeah, that's the, those are the only two guys. Damn. But, um, I kind of thought maybe some people might throw Morant out there because a lot of people um, are really right. on the on the Morant train right now. Um, even maybe even Embiid because I know some people still view him best big man in the league. So I think there's a few players they could have had on there for to just be those two is interesting to me. I agree. I would pick Giannis, and I wouldn't even question it, but. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, man, that's a good, that's a good question because I, I mean, I feel like with Doncic, he's, I mean, he can give you like points outside the arc, so he he, he can like stretch the floor out. So, I mean, I, I mean, I I, I I might pick Giannis for like the to lock down that center, then have other teams around him. But I mean, look, he's like a hybrid. He can play like any. Like, he can like do anything, everything. So, I mean, well, both, I mean, they're both two picks that are, you know, that only only knock on Luca's, you know, defensively Giannis yeah, is defense, superior yeah. to him, but right, but yeah, I mean, Luca is a, I mean, he's a killer offensively. He takes big shots when needed. He makes them. Uh, he's not the most athletic guy, but he finds a way to score, and I can appreciate that. Right. So let's just do the um so who's the best point guard in the league or NBA? Uh Seth Curry at 72. It's not as a not as a no-brainer. Uh, Luka Doncic at 40, 14 14%, Chris Paul at 10%, and Trey Young at 3%. Yeah, I mean I I have no problem with this list. Uh Steph Curry is a you know probably one of the best shooters of all time, uh best point guard of all time. Or, or, like of of this of this Mm-hmm. Modern day NBA before anyone says, "Well, pump the brakes." <laughs> I have um, heard people argue that Steph Curry is not really a point guard. So, you, so people think he's a shooting guard. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I mean he's more, he's more off ball. Yeah, yeah. You watch Golden State, Draymond Green kind of initiates the, the offense mainly, but I mean, for the purposes of this quiz of this survey, I understand why they went with Curry. I kind of surprised it's that big of a. You know, no brainer for people where Luca comes in second with only 14%. That's probably because they won the title last season. So that's probably the what's on people's mind. 
Right, right. Um, um, who the, the the best shooting guard? I'm surprised Booker was on was this high. Um, I just, I mean, I thought he was a point guard. Um, yeah. So Devin Booker uh, at 45 percent, Luka Doncic at 28 percent. Okay, so that's um, where I guess some of the votes went because Luka's listed on for different positions. For different positions, yeah. Seth Curry at 17 percent. Um, who's the best small forward? Kevin Durant at 45 percent. Tatum at 24 percent. Luka at 17 percent. LeBron at 10 percent. Quiet 13 percent. I'm surprised he didn't make that list because he hasn't really been. I mean, I know like healthy Kawhi, but we haven't seen him play like for a whole year. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're gonna probably add another small four in his place, just for this time being, because like we haven't really seen him like you know play post that injury he had. Right. Um, power forward, um, obviously Giannis is up there, 86. percent I'm surprised LeBron's at 10. percent um, That's kind of crazy. Uh, Kevin Durant at three percent. These GMs love them some LeBron. Oh man. Uh, who is the best center? Um, they got uh, two-time MVP, back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic, seventy-nine uh, percent, highest percentage of total votes in opposition questions. Uh, um, so, oh, this is interesting. All season moves. Which team made the best overall moves this all season? Uh, Cleveland has at forty-one percent. Uh, Timberwolves at seventeen percent. Uh, Philly at seventeen percent, and Utah at seventeen percent. I don't. Did Philadelphia make any moves uh, other than signing Harden? I'm proud they're on that no, list. They, they signed PJ Tucker. I'm not no. the biggest PJ Tucker guy. Oh, That's probably a hot take. A, a lot of people love yeah, him because of his veteran presence and three and D. Yeah, I does swear, Yeah, I but I I feel like I swear the past few playoffs, I cannot remember a three PJ Tucker's hit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's he's a corner specialist. Like he doesn't really like you know. I'm surprised. Yeah. So all right. Um, which one player of uh, which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? And this is an interesting one Donovan, uh, Cleveland with 59 percent, Rudy Gobert at Minnesota at 31 percent, Jalen Brunson at New York, seven percent, and Tucker at Philadelphia, two percent. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Cleveland definitely had an upgrade, a big upgrade with um Donovan Mitchell. I know, uh, New York kind of like. Fumbled the ball with uh him and signed Brunson. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Cleveland with him and Garland and uh Love on the still on the team and uh uh Mobley mm-hmm. on the team. Um, they, they got a good young team in that on that roster. Um, so I, I don't have no problem with that, uh, with that list or that uh category. Um, uh, who will win 2023 MVP? I mean, Bon Carroll probably, is probably going to win it. They have him at 79 percent. Keegan Murray uh, at 70 percent. Jabari Smith at Houston, uh, with Houston. Um, yeah, I have no questions. They have some interesting one. ones. Uh, who's the best international player? Um, defense. Yeah, there's a lot of. Is there any other one you want to talk about? Any categories? Um, that shock you or kind of surprise you? No, not not really. I mean, well, versa. Well, no, both most versus out the defender. I could agree with that. I know uh, LeBron uh, led uh, the with IQ, which is probably would make sense. 
Oh, I didn't even see that one. Um, yeah, <laughs> you pretty I, I, I was trying to think. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's there's a lot of players I would consider high IQ players. Yeah, but um, like, I mean, but LeBron can like, if you ask him, like, okay, um, break down that play that you had against the finals against uh, the game three. Like, what went through your mind? Like, you break down the play perfectly. Like, okay, I've seen <laughs> LeBron do that. There's a plenty of athletes that can do that. Yeah. I, I mean, you you can ask, like, 30 people in the NFL. They could do the same thing. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I feel like he'd been around the league a lot longer, like like a Tom Brady-esque type player. No, I mean, for, for his longevity and all that, I, I understand, like, the way, you know, he has to, like, take care of his body because he's an older guy. Yeah. That plays part in his IQ. You know, he's got good vision on the court and all that. But yeah, the whole like replaying memories and all that kind of stuff. A lot of athletes can do that. I, I mean, I could replay series <laughs> and stuff, and I'm not even in the game. Right, right, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, since you don't, uh, like, are there any other categories you want to talk about before we end this in the show? Uh, I mean, see. best defensive yeah. team. I you know I appreciate well, that they recognized no, Celtics for that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I didn't even see the coaches one. Oh, the coaches? Oh, they had Bolster um, is the best head coach in the NBA. Okay. Uh, I think Kerr is because I mean, obviously he's been there and got championships. Greg Popovich still on there. Monty Williams, Tyron Lue is up there on that list. I mean, even well, I mean, people feel like Popovich might be slipping, but. I mean, he's at the end, so I think out of respect, you got to put him up there. But, yeah, Spolster with 52%, that's probably a little high. Yeah. I mean, I can recognize Spolster is a, is a pretty good coach, but. The most athletic, uh, John Morant, who's probably, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess, I, like, I would say that. I would agree with that. I would play as the best pure shooter, Steph Curry, that's no-brainer, 91%. <laughs> um, I made the Warriors as the – Team that's most fun to watch. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. And we all we all covered everything, man. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, most yeah. of this list is yeah. All right, well, this will end the show, the JJ Sports Talk Show. Um, I'm your host, Jordan John Louis, with my co-host Kyle Edwards. I know we were going to talk about MLB, but we decided that um, you know, we're going to wait and talk about all the games. Um, after on um, the wild card, um, currently um, the Pirates are whooping the Mets six zero right now. I mean, I think what I said before we started this, you know, the Mets could very easily get swept both tonight and tomorrow because losing ten and a half game lead, you're going up against a Padres team where you know Padres have decent pitching. Their lineup, even though they don't have they don't have Fernando Tatis. Still some formidable people there, you know, Soto, Machado, even though I'm not a fan of Machado because he played in Baltimore and with him, the Red Sox, nah, I'm not a fan of him, but he is a good hitter. Got to give him credit for that. And, I mean, and like, like you, you see like, them, you see them like, show the Mets fans. You don't like Machado? Fans. Nah. Not like, like, like as a player, like you don't think he's like, you know, good? Yeah. He's all right. <laughs> ah. no, no, he, he, he's talented. He is. Yeah. Um, I just think he's one of those guys who can be 
a bonehead for no reason, and it kind of takes away from his ability. I mean, so far since he's been in San Diego, I don't think I've heard a lot about him out there. So I, maybe he's matured to the point where, you know, I could, you know, look past a lot of that stuff. But when he was in Baltimore, he was immature a lot. And I think that's what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, right, right. I, I see where you're coming from. But, uh, yeah, man, Um, so that, that'll do it for, for tonight's show. Um, me, like, you can catch me and Kyle um, on Tuesday night show, um, uh, which is part of the Sports Empire Network, um, the Big Three podcast with me, Kyle, and Dylan. Um, and then we'll, we'll be back next, next Friday. Um, actually, speaking of the uh, how to hit a home run, Machado. So seven zero, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's he can do that though, yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So, uh, this will end the show. Thanks, thanks for tuning in. Like, like we said before, other shows on um, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify. Um, the, the, the live version um, of the show is on Facebook Live and um, YouTube, my YouTube channel, which is the name of the show. But thanks for tuning in. Any like last words for final thoughts, uh, Kyle, before we head out? Uh, I mean, of course, everybody, you know, be safe. Enjoy the sports all weekend. Got baseball playoffs. You got football season. Got college football getting going. Um, that was even like women's international soccer. Everything that's out there, you know, find whatever you're a fan of. I'm sure it's going on right now. So. Just enjoy it and just be safe. All right. All right. Putting that good word, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you, man. All right, man. So we we are out. Uh, see y'all for next Friday. Yep. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>